Good evening, everyone. Let us pray. Father, Lord, we thank you for this privilege tonight that we have to receive from you through your children that you had prepared for this session. We pray in Jesus' name that as we proceed in your name, Amen. you will take absolute control. Speak your will unto us through the speakers of tonight. And let the entrance of your word, O oh God, give us life. And let it be light unto our path. Bring today's teachings to a great understanding unto us so that we will go home with something meaningful from you and we apply it in our lives, in our homes, and it will benefit us and turn mm -hmm. our situations around for the best. We give you all the glory, for we prayed in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Vic. Um, before we go to our speakers, uh, I want I just want to use this opportunity uh, to thank everybody who has been uh, with us throughout the whole uh, um, family month. And today is our final Thursday that we're going to uh, talk about uh, our issues, which is love. And so today, we we have some house rule before we even start. So let's 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 let me just say that uh, that these rules are important. We should allow the speakers to speak. Do not raise your hand until they are ready for you to to answer your question. Or if you want to have some contribution, please uh, allow them to finish. Then if you want to have a contribution or a question, please uh, raise your hand, use a reaction button below and raise your hand and you will be acknowledged. So tonight I'm going to introduce you our main speakers. It's none other than uh, Obi and Oloma Kaf. Without further ado, we're just going to release them to tell us what they have and minister to us. Thank you. Thank you, Uncle. Good evening, everyone. So today we'll be talking about love and respect. Um, before I continue, I want to say something. Um, everybody, both the woman and the man, um, love to be respected and to be loved. However, for a man, if the primary drive for him is respect, and for the woman, it is love. So before I go on, I would like to lay foundation. In uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2 to 3, it says, Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's fault because of your love. You see, here Paul is trying to tell us to be humble and gentle, be patient. And why? Why should we, um, the husband or the wife be patient and uh, humble towards one another? It's simply because we are not perfect. So long we're in the world uh, where God is still working on us, our goal is to be perfect. When we, when we leave this earth, when we're in heaven, we become perfect. But so long we're here, we have fault. 
And so we need patience. The husband needs patience. The wife needs patience. Um, the, the wife needs to be gentle also. And uh, we need to make allowance because none of us are perfect. And so 2 Peter chapter 1 verse, uh, 2 Peter chapter 1 from verse uh, 5 to 7 says, in view of all these things, make every effort to respond to God's promises. When I read there, you know, that, that, that uh, 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 phrase there, make every effort to respond to God's promises, got my attention. I was like, wow. There's something I need to do. God is a faithful God. If he said this in his word, do this and you will enjoy peace. You will have this. He's a God that keeps to his word. However, there's something as a child of God I need to do. Paul said, make every effort. In other words, if it's going to take me prayer, if it's going to take me reading Bible, reading um, godly books on marriage, I should make every effort. Then he said, Supplement your faith with gen generous provision. Our faith is all centered on Christ. You cannot just know Jesus and your character. He says, I'll read it. He says, supplement your faith with generous provision of moral excellence. You see, some children of God, they are children of God, they are born again. But their character is nothing to write home about. You know, the way they are. They don't have respect. They talk anyhow to their wife or to their husband. He says, supplement your faith. That faith you have, you're a believer, yes. Then you need to supplement that faith with one um, generous provision of moral excellence. Then if you go for that, I don't want to read everything. Then it says, and patient endurance with godliness. And godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone. We need to love. And if you are the type you are having um, difficulties to, to love your wife or your husband, there's someone that can help you. That's where prayer comes in. That's where you make this effort and pray and ask God, I am lacking in this area. I am lacking in this area. And you trust God and you see what God is going to do in your life. As we can see, that the Bible is well detailed. God, when he, I mean, made marriage, not just that he gave us a, 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 a principle or a, a written uh, manual which we can follow. The Bible is there. All we need is just do what the word of God says we should do and then leave the rest and see what God will do. Ephesians chapter... Yes, Ephesians chapter 5 and 33. However, each one of you also must love his wife. Now he's talking to the husband. Must love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife must respect her husband. And I, I, I ask, why would God, I mean, Paul stated like that? So when God said that, there's a reason why God put that revelation in the mind of Paul. Say, husband, love your wife. Then wife, respect your husband. It's, I believe it's because men, God created man to be respected. Men want to be respected. Men expect respect. But where a woman does not respect a man, you know, what this kind of behavior leads to is divorce. 
No wonder in our society, they say five out of 10 marriages end, ends in divorce, even Christians. And we have all the promises written. They were, the things that are happening in the world, we are experiencing it. Make every effort. Make every effort, Paul is telling us. That effort, put in practice what you are hearing. If it's prayer, pray and ask God to help you in, in this area. And because of this, according to the book, um, Love and Respect, um, Dr. Emerson talked and said something about crazy cycle that a um, husband and wife experience. And that cycle is not a good one. It keeps repeating and repeating and repeating and repeating. In that um, Ephesians, you say knowledge. You say add to knowledge. It's as a result of what? Men and women, husband and wife, there's something we are lacking. There's something we don't understand. For example, a man, a woman, there's a story he gave there, a woman, um, the husband always forgets her birthday. And this woman, you know, she always felt that the man didn't love it. So this particular year, the husband was so ready. He went, bought the card, gave to the wife, you know, was expecting the wife to be excited. That, oh, darling, you, you remembered my birthday today. Lo and behold, when the wife opened the card and he was trying, he was looking at, at her face expression, her face, her countenance, everything changed. And he was like, what is it, darling? She was like, it's okay, it's okay. What is it? Then the, the woman was like, can't you see, look at what you bought for me. Uh, anniversary card. Meanwhile, this is my birthday card. You don't even love me. You don't care for me. You don't even have time to read what you gave to me. And the man got angry and the man was like, he just said, honest mistake. And the woman kept talking and talking and talking. The man walked out and left the, the woman. There the woman started feeling so, so bad that my husband, I said it, my husband don't love me. And that cycle, because of that, the man comes back, the woman will become so rude and arrogant to the man. And the man say, okay, that love I will not show you. And the cycle continues. Mm -hmm. These things happen both in Christian marriages and unbelievers, in marriages that people that are not believers. It's very, very important that husband and wife should learn each other. Learn your husband, learn your wife, know their upbringing. Probably somebody like me, in my family, we don't do birthdays. It's not a big deal to me. To my husband, that could be a, something so important. Know those things that the woman cherish, those things that you think your husband loves, know it. You know, if that husband calmed down and was like, oh, darling, I'm sorry, it's just a mistake, I'm going to make it up to you, that would have broke that, that cycle. But instead, he was mad. Oh, this woman is not showing appreciation. At least I remember it this time around, look at her. And let the and you know we women we don't like our husband you know <laughs> ignoring us or leaving the house you know in anger. So we the wife, I mean, we need to know also learn how to communicate because your man, your husband is a human. You need to make allowance. Try communicate. We need to communicate to our husband tell them in a nice way how we feel. And believe me, the wife had. 
you know, calm down because of course she was angry. Maybe she was expecting a disappointment. If she had calmed down and explained to her husband, and her husband, in other words, calm down and so sorry, darling, I will make it up to you and take you up. You know, that cycle would have not been there. You can be right, but wrong at the top of your voice. We need to be patient with our spouse. Most times we want to, our spouse to do something and we want it now, here, now, 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 now. The way our body language, everything is so forceful and so rude, you know? For a man, he might feel like, my, woman, my, my wife doesn't respect me, you know, still how she's talking to me, commanding me. And for the woman, she would feel like she's nobody. But you know, Solomon, the wise king in Proverbs chapter 25, verse 15 says, patience can persuade a prince and soft speech can break bone. This is something we need to know. You know, when we learn to talk, when we learn to be, you know, our character to, to align with the word of God, that moral excellence, you see that most of the problem we are having in marriage, that respect problem we are having in marriage will not be there. Men do not like women that men. It may be what the woman is saying is true, but you know, the, the, the way she's saying it, here you say, you can be right, but wrong at the top of your voice. Your voice and everything, your charisma, everything, it's not giving, it's not standing respect. You see? So the man will feel that, you know, this woman is another, she doesn't have respect. And that can make that man act in a way that the woman will feel unloved. Proverbs chapter 25, verse um, 24 says, It is better to live alone in the corner of an attic than with a quarrelsome wife in a lovely home. No, that this person's wife might not be that she, whatever she's complaining might not be something wrong. It might be something that will help the family. But the manner and the way the woman is, you know, coming up with the, the you know, presenting the issue is nothing to write home about. That can drive the man to be angry and not showing the wife love. Then another problem I noticed that that causes, um, Men, husband and wife to be having problem issue in this respect um, is too much familiarity. Familiarity can cause husband and wife to lose their love and respect for one another. Remember those days when you you know you were cutting how you respect your wife, how you talk to her, you are careful, you you know, you're so careful of what you're saying. You know the time and where to tell, talk to your husband. You know how to word it. You know those sweet things you can tell him and he will just do something for you or tell her and he will do. But because we are so familiar, you talk to the woman anyhow, talk to your husband anyhow, and no love, no respect. The cycle keeps going. Then Jesus in Proverbs chapter 2, um, Revelation chapter 2, verse 4 says, But I have this complaint uh, complain against you. You do not love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you have fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. So if Jesus could say this to the church, it's, it's possible that the love in the family can wasco. That love is not there. He said, 
go back home, do those things. Those things you, you, you used to do when you guys were cutting. Do those things you used to do. Being, being and gentle to her, you know, talking to him with respect, talking to your wife with respect, do those things. And then you will see what will happen. So we need to be, you know, we need to put that in consideration. And Proverbs chapter 5, 25 verse 11 said, timely advice is lovely, like a golden ring, earring, or other golden jewelry. We need to work on that. Bring back that love. Bring back that um, gentleness. Bring that care. Look at your wife's face. Because one thing with women, we love our husband to, you know, to be kind to us, to treat us with love. Then when the woman is not seeing it, you wonder why the woman is so rude and arrogant. It's just that she just wants to be loved. She's not getting it. Men are to love their wife unconditionally. And women are to love their husband unconditionally. You don't love your wife only when she respects you. And you don't love your husband only when he loves you. Whether you feel it or not, you must love. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 1 to 2 says, In the same way, Peter is telling wives, you must accept the authority of your husband. The first work to do is you must. It's not that, oh, I don't think. You must accept the authority of your husband. That is the reason why God made it that way. Then even if he refuses to obey the word of God, your godly lives will speak to them without any words. They will be won over by observing your pure and reverent life. He says, he says yeah, you must accept. We wives, we need to accept. It sounds easy. And this is something we need to pray, making every effort. And so if it's prayer, pray. If you don't see your husband as the man of the house, the, the one and God has given the, the, the headship as the priest of the house, you have prayer to do. It says, by your being quiet, your husband, that unbeliever, he's talking to a believer wife. Probably the husband is not a believer. That your all believer, when he observes and see what the life, your pattern, I mean, your lifestyle, your character, your gentleness. There's a place I think it's in First Peter. It says that you should clothe yourself with gentle and quiet spirit. That is in the sight of God is very God values it. No wonder here Peter say your quiet when he observes your quietness that can change him. Now if that can work. And change an unbeliever, how much more a believer? We need to ask the Holy Spirit to give us the gentle and quiet spirit, that godly lifestyle, that when they observe men, they, 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 what moves them is what they see. God, I mean, um, created them that way. And then, when the issue isn't the issue, that you feel unloved or disrespectful does not mean that your spouse, spouse is sending that message. That you feel love doesn't mean he, 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 he doesn't love you. That you feel that your wife doesn't respect you. That doesn't mean there's something going on. Example, if a, if a husband, um, if your husband always forgets your birthday and does not mean, that does not mean that your husband is sending a message of I don't love you. We need to calm down. We need to 
know that this man is God is working in his life. Likewise, me, God is working in my life. Could it be that he forgot? Could it be that, oh, he was so too excited that he forgot to read it? It could be something. It doesn't mean he hates you. Even when sometimes women will be like, you don't love me. That woman does not mean it. You know, she doesn't mean it. So we need to learn to follow each other. Paul told men, follow them with understanding. Likewise, women, we need to follow our husband with understanding, with knowledge. We need to know them. Often we focus on our needs and simply overlook the need of our husband or wife. It's always about us. What about the other one? If we can, you know, you know, who then and search to know the need of our, our spouse, I believe that that will, you know, bring everything down. One of the characters of love is passion. Love, love, love is not selfish. There's so much selfish in the, in the family that it's always me, myself, and I, I don't feel love. I, 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 what of him? He might not be feeling love. Oh, the man, I don't feel respect. Maybe the wife is not feeling respect. Remember what you saw is what you're gonna read. What are you sowing? What you saw is gonna, what you're gonna read in your marriage. So husband and wife, learn to sow what is good so that you reap what is good. Praise God, hallelujah. Then according to uh, Dr. Emerson, he says something about code, code of blue, C-O-D-E, and code of pink. He says that there, the issue, because women, God created us in different, you know, different, and men different. You know, men of that, women are, we are too emotional. You know, we, we, we get too emotional. Men are so logic. So we need to understand um, the code Understand your husband, just like what I said earlier. Understand your wife, understand your husband. Understand the family background. That will really help to break that crazy cycle that we have in our marriages. We should always seek how to please our spouse, just like when we are coping. I said that earlier. And for husband, I, I, I'm rushing now. Ephesians chapter um, chapter 5, verse 25 says, For husbands, this means love your wife just as Christ loved the church and gave up his life for her. To make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or a wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she would be holy and without fault. I was like, whoa. Men, you say, love your wife. This is agape love. You love your wife. It doesn't matter if the woman is respecting you or not. Jesus being our role model, Jesus loved the church, the wife, even while she was still a sinner, when she didn't even know him. Jesus loved. He said, you say, love your wife. Wash, make her clean. What do you say as a priest? Jesus, the high priest, you are the priest of your home. What are you saying as a priest to your wife? Are you releasing negative words on her and expecting her um, to be a perfect woman? You know, what men do, I mean, the work of a man to the wife is very, very crucial. When you love your wife, you wash her with the washing of the word. 
with the word of God? Or will, will, you, will you take the apple? When you, your wife gives you the apple of insult, you eat it. Or will you, like Jesus, the second Adam, die for the wife, your wife, and wash her with the words of God? Or will you, you know, dance to the tune? Because you know what? Men, there's a reason why God made you the, the, the one to be in authority. Because whatever you, any mistake you make, cannot fail. I'm not saying women, because of this, you just wait for your husband because he's not showing you love. Therefore, you will not love the man. No, you continue. But you have more believers, more have more um, advantage. Man, the man has much work to do. You see, Jesus loved us even while we were sinners. The husband should love the wife. He said, I'll read it again. He says, for husband, this means love your wife just as Christ, not the word of the world. Just as Christ loved the church, he gave up his life for her. First Adam did it. He ate the fruit. In insult for insult. You know, he gave his life to make her holy. The husband is the one that will make the wife holy. When you are with your friends, what are you talking about? What are you saying about your wife? With your family members, what are you saying? Remember you are the head and whatever you say will affect your wife as the priest of the house, as the head of the house, as the one that the woman has accepted the authority is going to affect her. And so wife, in the same way, submit to your, to your own husband so that if, they, if any of them do not believe the word, they may be worn, worn without words by the behavior, by the behavior of the wife. Now, our behavior matters. Your behavior is what the man is watching. Now, in that book I read, Love and Respect, Dr. Anderson says something that a man told him he'd rather live with a woman that doesn't love him than respect him. So men love to be respected. Okay, you're not talking, right? What, what is your body language saying? Is it saying I, I, I'm not respected? Yeah, I will not talk, but I will not respect you. You know, our body language, our character, everything should speak respect to our husband. Then uh, according to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, it says, no returning evil for evil. Now, he's talking to men, I mean, husband and wives. Insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead. The nine being said, that is what God has called you to do. He will grant you his blessing. Now the wife, the husband, you don't return evil for evil. You don't return insult for insult. Rather do what? Bless. This is why God has called us. He has called us out of darkness into his marvelous. In conclusion, let us practice the word of God. Pray for God. Ask God to help you through his Holy Spirit. When the fire of our marriage is going down, when the wine in our marriage is going down, let's run to the Lord, the one that turns water to wine. He will turn our marriage to become a new wine. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Wow, that's powerful. Um, I won't say much. I'm just going to, uh, you know, 
when my wife was starting, she said that she's uh, laying some foundation. I think I'm just gonna, you know, pick up from where she started and some things that she said and lay that foundation with her. And I want us to start with uh, Joshua chapter one, verse seven. It says, only you, I'm reading from Amplified Version. It says, be strong and very courageous that you may do accordingly all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. Be strong and very courageous. Why should we be strong and courageous? Because it takes strength and courage to obey the commandments of God. Every Christian must understand that the word of God is not an advice. The word of God is a command. So you hear the word of God, the Bible says be quick to do. It's not an advice. Advice is something that you can accept if you want or you don't want. It is a command. And you need to be strong and courageous. During the time of Joshua, his strength and his courage was tested. It requires strength and courageous and courage to obey God's word. Because sometimes this word of God might sound stupid. Sometimes it will sound foolish. That's why the Bible says that the wisdom of God is like foolishness to the world. Imagine telling somebody, you see a big wall of Jericho. Somebody came, God came out. Let's just use that term, somebody. Told you, go over there. Now you've been looking for a way to penetrate through that wall. They told you, go over there. Don't say anything, just walk around it. On the seventh day, do it seven times. Then scream, it will fall. My brothers and my sister, let's be reasonable. If somebody gives you that advice, isn't that stupid? I mean, the reason why we believe is because we believe in the Bible. If we have, if that story is not in the Bible, we will not believe that story. It takes strength. It takes courage to obey the word of God. That's why my, my wife said that what we are teaching now, we have heard it before. Oh, we hear it all the time. Doing is where the problem matters. If it's faster. That's where the problem is in doing. Amen? Amen? So in marriages, your strength and courageous will be put to test. It's not easy to love anybody and it's not easy to respect, especially if they are not doing the things that, re that requires it. You hear people say that, well, I will love her only if she will respect me. And you hear somebody say, I will respect him only if he loves me. But that's not what God is telling you. When it comes to the principle of God, your emotion is irrelevant. Your emotion does not mean nothing to God. What matters is your faith in God, your, the will for your emotion to matter, you better make sure that your emotions are in sync with the will of God or else it's rubbish. 
Second Timothy, chapter 3, verse 16. The Bible said that all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. I'm coming to the teaching, but like I said, we are laying foundations, right? Uh -huh. Foundation will make the building look better, get stronger, right? Uh -huh. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and training in righteousness. Maybe I, I didn't see anywhere is they say the scripture is for massaging your emotions. The Bible never said that. The scripture is not to massage your emotions. This scripture is not used to manipulate, neither. It is used for what? Teaching. It is used for what? Reproof. For correction and training in righteousness. That's what the scripture is all about. The scripture is also not used to condemn. It's not used to bash. But the scripture is used to judge. The Bible says that we judge those that are in the what? In the church. But we don't judge those outside. We judge those that are in church. We judge them through the word of God. So which means when somebody is doing something wrong, you tell them what you are doing is wrong. My brother, stop doing it. And that's what we are doing here. We are teaching ourselves, reproving ourselves, rebuking us, ourselves, correcting ourselves with the word of God. Verse 17 said, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work, including to love and respect. This scripture is what makes us to be adequate to do the commandment of God. To love and to respect our good works. Carefully obeying the word of God, which takes strength and courage, will adequately equip you on how to love and to respect. So the key to love, the key to respect, is by carefully obeying and observing the will of God. Now, let's go into the teaching, Ephesians chapter 5. And I'll start from verse 1. It says, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do. Imitate God in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the examples of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. We have to do what? Imitate God. And live like him, be like him in everything. How can we imitate God? We imitate God only by what? Carefully obeying and observing what he has commanded us what? To do. Now, if you go to verse 15 of the same Ephesians, he said, so be careful how you live. We have to be careful how we are living this life. Don't live like fools, 
but like those who are wise, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Take note of this. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. So, we must be careful not to live like fools. You know, the Bible told us that a fool says in his heart, there is no God. Now, when you are living in contrary to the word of God, you are living like what? A fool. Let me explain. If I'm walking on a straight path and there is a pit in front of me, if I fall inside it, people will say, ah, is he blind? Didn't he see the hole? Right? Mm -hmm. They'll think I'm blind, but if I'm blind, blind is okay, okay, maybe he's, because he's blind, he didn't see the pit. But why should I observe this pit? If I'm going and I see there is a pit, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to stop and I'm going to walk around the pit. Why? Because I believe in the principle of gravity. Because once you step out of that, <laughs> out of the cliff, down you go and you're going to hurt yourself. So I believe in that gravity. Now, when you say that you believe in God and you are acting like the person that does not believe in God, because believing in God means believing in his principles. When he tells you to love, you love without question. When he's telling you to respect, you respect without question. The, your feeling has nothing to do with it. Whether the other one is doing it right or not, it has nothing to do with it. That's why the Bible says, don't live like fools. Love your wife. Oh, my wife is not respecting me. Don't live like a fool. Submit to your husband. Respect your husband. This man is abusing me all the time. Madam, don't live like a fool. That's what the scripture is telling us here. You make the most of every opportunity by carefully observing the will of God. Especially in this evil day, you have to carefully observe because there are so many advices out there. So many advices out there. Even the advice is now coming from the pulpit, sir. Do you remember that lady that they, they that was singing Sinachi or something that uh, they claimed that her husband abused her and she died or something? People kept on saying things without even knowing the fact. I heard a pastor said, "Hey, if your husband goes like this, carry your load, leave him, divorce him." This is coming from a pulpit, and that's the spirit of Antichrist. Because they are preaching something contrary to the word of God. You must make every opportunity to be to carefully observe, no matter what the advice is saying, no matter how good it will feel. Cross check it with the word of God. Cross check it with the word of God. We act thoughtlessly when anything we do in life is done outside of the understanding of the... When anything we are doing is done outside of the word of God, without the understanding of God, that's acting thoughtlessly. 
Now, let us jump to verse 21 in that same Ephesians chapter 5. Submit to one another out of the reverence for Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. This submission is not only for the women. Men have to submit too. But the method of submission is different here. It is not only women that submit. The methods of submission is different. Now, let me, let me, let me read the definition of submission. Is it the action or fact of accepting? Action or fact of accepting or yielding to a superior force or to the will or authority of another person. This is something that you do. You giving that authority over. You say, listen, from now I yield to your authority. Submission is different from surrender. Surrender, you don't have any choice. Probably you don't even want to, but you got captured. They say, if you don't do this, you get killed. If you don't, that one is surrendering. But submission, you have option to say, you know what, I'm done. So, right here, Bible is saying that we have to submit to each other. It is a command from the Lord. Now, for wives, how do you submit? My wife touched on that a lot. This means, in verse 22, submit to your husband as to the Lord. When you see that word, as, it means the same way you submit to Jesus Christ, the same way you submit to the Lord, submit to your husband the same way. For a husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the what? Of the church. Why should I submit to my husband? Because he is the head. He is your head. You know, I was watching an interview. Somebody was interviewing a pastor, pastor couples. And the man just came out with, are you the head of your wife? For the next 15, 20 minutes, that man didn't answer that question. He was trying to, like he was afraid to say it. Now, the man focused on the woman. Is your husband your head? She said, well, he's my head only when he is following Christ. Is that what the Bible told us? Only when he is following. So it became a fight. Then I had to call my wife. You know, I said, I got my wife, baby, am I your head? Please ask, am I your head? Ah, praise the Lord. Yeah. You will grow old in good health in Jesus' name. Your children will sing praises to you. Yes. You see, if my wife is not under submission, this kind of prayer might not work for her. You know? So what am I saying? The way the Bible puts it, take it like that. It is good for, it's good for you and it's good for me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Verse 24, it says, 
as the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husband in everything. In everything, you have to submit. Times are gone when we're going to be painting the word of God. We have to say it as it is. Times are gone when we're going to be preaching for likes. We say things so that people don't get offended. We have to start saying it how it is. Amen? Awesome. I, you, have a, you have a couple of minutes. All right, let me jump. Yeah. Then as for husbands, so that husbands, men will not think that, uh, yes, keep on firing on, keep on firing on, preach it. Yes, your own, your own responsibilities is even more. For husband, this means love your wife just as Christ loved the church. Just as Christ loved the church, he gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansings of God's words. And he did this to present himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. How can you come out and every time you are complaining what your wife is doing, she's this, she's that. How can you be doing that and you can present her holy? How can you, you know, present her as a glorious church without a spot or a wrinkle, without blemish? How can you do that every time? You are telling her, you are this, you are not doing this. You are not acting this. It, it cannot happen. One point I want to point out, he said that he gave up his life for her. One thing I realized in this life is a dead man does not complain. If you slap a dead man, a dead man does not say, ah, you slap me, foolish woman. No, a dead man does not do that. When he gets to that point, that uh, you cannot handle the woman, die. That's when you will die. You know, when Jesus Christ was on the cross and they were spitting on him, doing all that, he said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they are doing. Bible said, while we were yet sinners, he died for us. He forgave us. Why we were yet sinners? <laughs> It's time, if it gets to that point that it is unbearable, die and keep on loving her. It is a command. You know, my wife spoke about a crazy schedule, and I'm going to just end with this because of time. In crazy cycle, right? Yeah. Well, crazy cycle is for if you still see yourself in that crazy cycle. Uh, it means you're a baby. And if you want to dwell in that crazy circle, you can never make it. <laughs> you will not make it in, in marriage. You, you, you still, <laughs> the Bible told us in Hebrews chapter 5, it said that you have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others instead you need someone to teach you again the basic things about the word of God. 
The basic things about the word of God is this thing that we are talking about. These are the basic things about the word of God. Then I say, you are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who likes lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do, he doesn't know how to know what is right or wrong. If you concentrate or if you focus on observing, being strong and obedient, being strong and courageous in observing the word of God, if you focus on that, you will never see yourself entertaining crazy circle. Like the story my wife told, somebody went and bought a wrong card for the wife. At least he bought the card. The wife was angry. Is that, the, is that what you're supposed to do? As a child of God, get angry? At least he went and bought it. At least communicate. Hey, honey, look at you. Bought a wrong card. Now, the man that got angry, you got angry because you purchased something that is wrong and your wife is angry. Now, you got a mature person will say, honey, I'm so sorry. I won't make this mistake again. I will make it up for you. Since the heart that you used to do it was clear. So if we spend time meditating, observing, there are some things, things like soft words, cast away. How did the Bible put it again? You know, it softens. So, you know, I'm paraphrasing. Like soft words, like it soft things or quiets down anger or something like that. If you know when somebody is angry, somebody you look at somebody like my wife said, look at somebody you you know when they are angry. Try to bring them in that safe space. Don't try to just leave them out there. Be angry now. Who are you showing at? No, we have to be gentle. Thank, thank you. We have you. to be kind. We have to exercise all these fruit of the Holy Spirit. We have to be strong and we have to be courageous in order for us to be adequate in all of this. Thank you. Thank you, uh, the teacher. Praise the Lord. Uh, hallelujah. Because we need them. Um, yes. Yes. Need time yes. For questions and answer and also so for contribution. Um, we talked about respect, love and respect among among uh, the married. What about our kids, parenting and all that? So we're going to talk about it. Um, so we're going to give the audience time. Now it's time for you if you want to contribute or you want to ask questions to use the reaction to raise your your hand uh, chris i want to say something uh, go right ahead pastor yes uh, i want to talk about this issue of submission you know the bible says we should submit to christ the church submits to christ because christ is the truth and we're disciples of jesus but we can't submit to the devil the church submits to Christ in everything. We don't submit to the devil. We follow Jesus. So if anybody says to me to submit to the devil, I will not. 
because the Bible, Peter said, he said, George, is it better to obey God or to obey man? But that was authority that was supposed to be under. So uh, to the extent that we are married, our commitment is Jesus. Mm. Our discipleship is to the spirit of Christ. And if we are going to imitate God in all things, we can't imitate God and the devil. So if your husband says, tells you to come and let's go to Babalawo, you don't have to follow him. That's outright hedonism. You don't do that. Because that's not submission to Christ. The scriptures say, as the church submits to Christ in all things. So our submission is to the extent that we submit to Christ. If your husband says to you that he wants to go and kill people and wants you to join, you don't. That's not submission to Christ. The Bible says we should resist evil. So we need to define this submission thing. And then you know about this woman that was killed. I don't know the details, but the scripture says only a fool sees danger stays there. Mm -hmm. if, if it's your daughter, your sister, and because I have been in a burial in, in, in the church, they were burying this sister, and she used to be in our church before she left. She died of AIDS. It was the husband that gave her AIDS. And then I was sitting in that Daromaka lecture. She was in the casket. And I was asking myself, should this girl die and leave two young children with nobody to take care of? Is it right for her to die? All in the name of marriage. There is somebody that, uh, that died of AIDS in this country in 1994. And she wrote something that I read. He said, when I was looking for marriage, I was looking for love. He said, instead, what I got was a death sentence. Mm. And I'm not supposed to die because I married. Because if the husband died of it and she was about to die, he said, what I got wasn't love, wasn't marriage. It's what I got was murder. He said, this man murdered me. Mm. I got a death sentence from him. My question is, who will allow his, his, if it's me, will I allow myself to die? There's a woman that came to our church when we were in Newark. He said, Pastor, I don't want anybody to know that I'm here. I don't want anybody to know uh, my identity. I said, well, I said, my husband is looking for me to kill me. And it wasn't long out of fear she left. After a while, I started to ask after her. They told me that that his husband traced her and went into the house and went into the bathroom and killed her there. Mm. Would you want her to stay? Call it marriage? Isn't that a death sentence? You know, we, we moderate scripture with scripture. You take scripture and moderate scripture. So when we when we talk about you know obeying your husband, submission to your husband, moderate it with scriptures.
so that we follow we follow the word of God in its full context. Yeah, the church obeys Christ in all things, which means we don't obey the devil. And Peter said, "Judge is it right to obey is to obey God or to obey man? Mm. Is it right?" So in all of these things, we should be able to really make sure that we, we moderate scriptures to get the real context of uh, what God is saying and how God is instructing us. I don't know if people have other things to say, but that's the way I understand it. Uh, thank you very much, Pastor, for sharing. It's, it's amazing. It's uh, an insight to um, exactly what all that means. Thank you very much. So I have a one hand raise. Um, I'm gonna let Meg speak. I want everybody to limit your talk for two minutes. Go Good right ahead. Good evening, everyone. Um, actually, um, <laughs> I raised that before that and uh, he spoke my mind. So mm. I'm still gonna say what I wanted to say. You know, I wanted to ask Obi concerning Osinachi and um, the incident. So I wanted Obi to give us, you know, a little example, what advice he would have given us or given to Osinachi. If Osinachi was your sister, what would what advice would it have given her, you know, not to have died in the way he, she died, you know, on, on the contrary. Okay, praise the Lord. All right, as we all know, uh, God, God is not an author of confusion. <laughs> You know, God is not an author of confusion. You know, the Bible told us that uh, Jesus Christ said that I did not come to bring sword. I mean, I did not come to bring peace, but I came to bring sword between father and mother or something like that, right? Yeah. When it comes to obeying God's word, when it comes to, because I kept on talking about being careful in observing, being courageous, being um, uh, strong in obeying. That's the key thing, obeying the word of God. When it comes to obedience to the word of God and every other thing, that's when you have to die. Jesus Christ even told us that in the last day, people will kill us and they'll think they are doing God's work. Why would they kill us? Because we are obeying God's word. You see, we can play this, uh, I mean, like we know in the body of Christ that the problem is not when some a man is telling a woman to sin or to do something that's, that is contrary. So if that's the case, we will not have this much divorce that we have in the church today. But if you listen to people when they talk, when people are bringing their problem, sometimes you wonder, uh -uh, is this word that I'm, this, this um, word of God I'm listening, is it the same one that you are listening? Some people end their marriages and they will target unreconcilable differences. So we know what the problem is. And what I'm saying is, is the reason why you want to disrespect your husband or the reason why you want you don't want to love your wife is contrary to the word of God. You better lay that thing aside and look at the word of God. 
Okay, I think um, uh, now uh, to answer to answer that question, Auntie Meg asks. You know, the Bible told us something. You know, the the problem is not even divorce. The problem is remarrying. That's where God will be angry because God said, if you decide to leave, leave but stay alone, stay. If you want to, or you go back. That's what First Corinthians seven told us. The Bible said that if your brother has ought against you, go to him. Let's say your husband is hitting you or your wife is doing something. Go and see if you can win him or her. If you don't succeed, Bible say do what? Take one or two people and go and see if you can win the person. Mm -hmm. If they then listen, Bible say gather the entire church. And if he continue, that's when you're going to leave them like a hidden. And so you don't have to die in that thing. Bible gave us principles on how to handle these issues. So, you understand? So because of time, I'll let somebody ask another question. Praise God. Uh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So um, we have in the chat, we have some questions. Okay, one of the questions says, uh, should parents continue to demand honor and respect while yelling, comparing and cursing uh, the children? What if parents were raised this way? What can they do to improve? We're now talking about parenting. Uh, not only are uh, we talking about uh, just between husband and wife. What about the the children, adult children, uh, small children? Uh, love and respect. They need to also have respect. That's a limit. Can I answer that? Yes, go right ahead. Okay, praise God. You know, one thing with uh, us Christians. Nowadays, it's like uh, we are we are looking forward for somebody to do something right before we start doing the a right thing. We have to understand that this is a what this race we are running is what is a personal race. It's not a race at the you know during judgment day, God will not say, Oh. The reason why you didn't do this, is it because your parents didn't do this or because your wife? No, it's a personal race. If your parents are not doing their own right, focus on doing your own right. Bible say that you don't love those that love you. You don't love people because they love you. I think I have a Matthew something, right? When you look 633, see, if you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do. So what separates you and sinners? So that's not even, uh, you know, they say respect is reciprocal, not we born again Christian. If you are being disrespect, you respect people. That's what the Bible says. Love those that despitefully use you. Those that hate you, love them. Pray for them. He didn't say pray against them. 
That's your answer. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for sharing. Okay, the next question says this. Are there some practical recommendations on how husband and wife can show respect to one another? In other words, what are some of the things that spell respect in any relationship? So, so, I, so this is the second question. But before this question, I just want you to ponder on this question. So I'm going to call on there are people who raise their hands. I'm going to just call them to two minutes. And I mean two minutes. Uh, I think uh, happy new iPad. So go right ahead. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, sorry. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, hear. so just before I um, make the comment I wanted to make, I'm not sure whether we have um, other people listening. I think it's very important that when we're dealing with topics in the church, we try as much as possible to discuss that topic without talking too much about believers and non-believers and Christians and non-Christians. Because if somebody is joining us and it's almost like we are high up there, we Christians, we don't do anything. Uh, the unbelievers are the culprit. Well, we are all work in progress. So maybe we should as, try as much as possible to address things without pointing fingers like, you know, you call yourself a Christian so that the people that are joining us, the one thing that we are all it. That's number one. So my <laughs> contribution is um, we have to understand that every milestone comes with a challenge. So when, when we're saying everybody remember how you were cutting before, well, not many people cut it because we don't know how we all got married, whether you did it overnight or you did it a month or 10 years. What I'm trying to say oh, here yeah. is, what I'm trying to say is, when you were courting, you never had any baggage with you. It was you and whoever the person was. So a soda is good enough. And if somebody loses their job or had a stressful day, it's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, you go out. But the reality sets in when you get married. That's when you're talking about pregnancy, children, drop and pick, daycare, nanny, go to sports, you know, mortgage, school fees, job stress, all these things, they add to problems. The de development, a uh, child with a developmental problem comes with its own challenge. The most important thing, if I really have to speak, is to tell husband and wife to try as much as possible to do things intentionally for each other. Deal with the moment. Because if you want to trace it back to when you were cutting, when there's fire in the mountain mm -hmm. and there's you know challenges, it ain't gonna happen. But if you guys sit down every time you deal with that and you keep going. You know, so I think the truth is you have a lot of things that comes along with it. And nobody is saying that they don't want to be like they were before. But we have to, as much as I love the word of God, I like to be practical and real. Let's all sit down and discuss things with each other 
every time so that if it's time for childbearing, you deal with it. When school loans comes, you deal with it. Otherwise, if everybody's saying, oh, you did this because see, you're a Christian, see this, I, we're never gonna get to anywhere. So let's be intentional about things and let's deal with the problem as it comes. And family dynamics matters. Honestly, each family has their own thing. So we should all sit down and discuss how your husband is, is not how mine, how your wife is. So if we are here to say, this is the way it must be. Yes, let's deal with it as it comes, but let's bring in the word of God, but still deal with the problems that it comes. Like for instance, one second, I have a, a, a friend. They were close, but they had an autistic child. The husband almost worked out and the uh, wife almost died. That was a challenge that they didn't expect when they were cutting. So we have to deal with the realities of what comes our way. And by the grace of God, if we're intentional about doing the right thing for each other and understanding our problems and taking care of each other, your wife, take care of your husband, husband, take care of your wife. That's how love comes in. That's We must take care of ourselves and deal with our problems as time goes on. In that way, we'll be able to make it. Thank you. Thank you very much for sharing. Awesome. So I'm going to go to iPhone 323248. Please uh, go right ahead. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hello. Good evening, everyone. Yeah, uh, this is uh, Dorothy Manuel. I, you know, I want to chip in a few things. One on the on the women on the woman that the, the husband bought the anniversary card. It's also equally good if the woman had, you know, appreciated the husband for the card that he bought, probably because of the weddings of the card. It, because I go for the weddings of the card, I, at least for the first time he did that. He remembered. I say, honey, oh, thank you so much. You remember this time. I really am grateful. And then maybe at another time, you know, at another time, another day, he say, honey, you remember that day? You know, it was the anniversary card you bought. And they could laugh it off. And this is a, this is a, we are ministering to believers, you know. I mean, this, that kind of anger could come from people who don't know God or maybe people whose minds have not been renewed, probably they are still baby Christians. But let's know that whatever little the other person does, appreciate that person. You know, the Igbo said that if you praise somebody in the one that the person has done, that person will do more. So that's my, others have said some other things about that. Then for the, for the father or for the mother that is yelling at the child, children, and then expecting a, uh, uh, honor and respect. I, I think uh, we, the parents, are the ones that God has given the responsibility. We are God's representatives to model what is right before the children. So when you are now talking to them and you're yelling and you're expecting respect, it might be hard. So I think uh, the the what you really need is, I mean, to go before God and ask God to help you. It calls for renewing of your mind, like the Bible said in Ephesians 4, 23, 24. 
it means that you're still carnal. The flesh is still ruling you. That is a, your five senses, how you feel. So it really calls for you repenting and then asking God to help you and then renewing your mind by the word of God. And God will help you. And, you know, be humble enough to go to the children and say, I am so sorry, even though you were wrong in what you did, but I'm so sorry the way I approached it. I, I didn't need to, to, to yell at you or whatever it is. It is still wrong. You are not modeling what is right. Even if you grew up that way, you are now in a new family. You are no longer in the family that you used to, but the only thing is now educating your mind to know, you know, where you belong now. The Bible said we should put on Christ in verse 24 of that Ephesians uh, 4. You, you wear him as clothes, which means that the other nature is no longer, you know, but it's a process. It's a process. That's why it calls for renewing of mind. And then for the, for the wife that died, you know, the one that uh, they mentioned, uh, that will be mentioned, you know, you know, when you're living with somebody, you know, you, you should sense the level of growth of the person that you're living to, because you are talking to believers. I mean, if that person is still a baby Christian, you, you, know, you should know, and you should be praying for that person, asking God for the spirit of wisdom, revelation, and understanding, and encouraging that person as much as is possible to go and study the word of God. And you too should be sensitive in the spirit. If you sense evil, you should know when to leave. It's not that you're you're divorcing the person, but you, 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 you go apart. You know, you follow your heart, follow the spirit of God and, you know, encourage your husband as much as is possible. Encourage your wife as much as is possible to spend time on the word of God, because it's only the word of God that can change man. Man is evil by nature. But when Jesus Christ comes, that is a plus. But then you now have to renew your mind, a mind that is not renewed, that is a believer you still find traces of what that person used to be in the world. So if there's a danger, I mean, you should separate yourself and then, you know, and then, you know, follow the, just simply follow your heart. If there's evil, you know, follow your heart. The spirit of God will guide you because you are his own. It's not his will that you should die in that uh, marital issue. And then for the issue about AIDS, I think, uh, I mean, we are talking to believers. We now know better. Probably the people that, they, that had the aid, maybe that was when they were in the world. And then it was that issue that brought them into the Lord. So, and that means that the, the man didn't know any better and the woman didn't know any better, but they, you know, she now came into the Lord. So, but we that are believers, it is important that we really develop ourselves in the Lord. I know the soldiers, you know, one thing about the soldiers, and God called us uh, soldiers of the Lord. You know, uh, we are supposed to live ready every day. Living ready means you don't wait until there's a danger before you, you begin to rush to the word of God, rush for fellowships. You know, like we're having this uh, family uh, issue, a family uh, forum now, and then a family month. Some people might find other things uh, interested to be doing. And then you have Bible study, you have a home fellowship, you have a men's ministry. 
people, some other people might find it, use that time to do some other things. But these things are things you, be, you build up over the time so that when challenges come, you'll be able to stand strong. Like, you know, you won't, you won't be able to be cheating on your husband or on your wife because you know that this is your body. Because you know that whatever happens to you will affect her. Whatever happens to you will affect him. Whatever happens to you can affect the children, will affect your future. So, but these are the things we learn from the word of God. Because like Obi said, the word of God is there to train us, to, to correct us. You say, oh, I have been doing this. I didn't even know. Hey, and the word of God said this. Oh my God, Father, please forgive me. And the Bible said that we should present our members as instruments of righteousness for God's glory. So you find out that the word of God really trains us all through. So it's a matter of renewing our mind, renewing our mind. Stick with the word of God. The word of God will change any situation. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. It was uh, awesome. So I'm going to go to iPhone 19. So go right ahead. I think Auntie Meg is next. So. Isn't Auntie Meg, is Meg's hand up? Or is it from the before? I think it's from before. No, it's uh, not from before, actually. No, it's not from okay. before. She does. Okay, so go right ahead. Uh, you need to lower your hand, Obi, so that we know whose hands are up. Okay, I'm going to uh, go straight. No, just put my hand up again, that's why. Okay. okay. I'm going to go straight to the question that says, uh, should parents continue to demand honor and respect? Okay, um, I'm going to point at Ephesians 6, 1, 3. That says, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and your mother. Another one is Proverbs uh, 6.20 that says, my son, keep your father's commands and do not forsake your mother's teaching. So what am I trying to say? You know, that no matter, some of us, we are raised, you know, being real that, and we all know where we come from. You know, sometimes even if your parents are yelling at you, you run and make fun of them like, oh, mommy, you're not going to get me or something like that. You know, that that's the thing that you're supposed to do at that time. That part of that respect is you just move away. I could still remember when my big brother was married, they still use skin to pursue him and he would just be diving from one end of the bed to another. So, but in this time, you know, that we have young adults, most of the time, whether you are yelling or you're not yelling, trying to bring something, make something you know that will be beneficial to them they say mom but why are you yelling i'm not saying my kids say that but i'm giving an example i know most of us must have experienced this so you are yelling just to block you just to intimidate you from hearing the truth so most of the time it's not a, it's not that you are yelling it's just like they want to block that truth that is coming out from you so your parents supposed to be able to teach you to still have that you know right to be able to correct you. Don't think because we have opportunity that somebody can just leave their mother's house and end up in one basement and pay three or $400. Let me just tell you, we young, you young ones, you should still respect your parents, no matter what, no matter how they talk. At the same time, parents, if you haven't learned how to nicely, you know, put yourself together and communicate. I think you should put that in prayer and start communicating well, because if I can do it, anyone can do it. You can still make your point. No matter how you try to shape your mouth to make that point, 
sometimes they see the mom you are yelling. I'm not yelling. You started yelling or something like that. But the truth of the matter is that we know the truth. Sometimes they say you are yelling when you are not yelling because they want to block that truth that is coming out from you. At the same time, you should be able to respect your parents no matter what because I respected my parents. They still yell at you. My parents are not yelling, so we have opportunity to do it. But the spirit of God in you should let you know that you're not supposed to hate your mother or your father or speak against or see your mother as not loving you or not honoring you for you to have the opportunity or the audacity to disrespect your mother or your father. I don't think it's right, no matter what. That's my opinion. Thank you, Megidu, for sharing. It's awesome. Awesome. So let's go to uh, Oloma. Uh, that's, that's me. Mm, praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, and also, if if you don't want to hear them yell, maybe you have to pay attention to why they are yelling. If you take care of it, you will never hear them yell again. So, but what I wanted to touch on is uh, what uh, the happiness is said about uh, not telling people that they are Christians. You know, when you are saying some certain things, even Paul in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12 to 14, said, you have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. I mean, I don't think it's wrong, like if you are correcting stuff to use that term, you've been a Christian. I mean, my son is 16 years old. There are some things he will do. I'll call him and ask him, how old are you? He will say 16. I say, you're not, you're not supposed to be doing this. So sometimes we're supposed to, you know, as a Christian, we have to, be, and as a matter of fact, we have to be conscious of being Christians. Because when we're conscious of this, it will help us know what we are supposed to do and what you're not supposed to do as a Christian. And also, you know, what my wife was saying that time during courtship, I think in a nutshell, every beginning of every relationship is always sweet. Majority of the time, the beginning of relationship is always sweet, you know? So there are some things that we used to do when we are starting. Like many of us used to open the door for our wives. Many of us used to bring out the chair and they sit. Now, after a couple of uh, years, or uh, like my wife was saying, familiarity, everything will go out of the window. And that's why, like you said, Auntie, you said we have to be doing some things intentionally, not even because you like, you have to intentionally do it. Sometimes it's called spicing up. You want to spice it up. Those things you guys used to do, you just, you know, I remember sometimes we'll enter the car. I'll enter, waiting for her to come in. I'll be like, enter now. She'll say, I'm supposed to come and open. I say, oh, that's, you know, just to spice things up. And because you are getting pregnant, because you have work, because it's not a reason to let the fire die. You have to keep on firing it, firing the flame. Pastor Victor used to teach us that, you know, Marriage, success to have a successful marriage, ten percent is God, the other percent is you. You have to do things to make it to you have to ginger it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for sharing. Awesome. So uh, we're gonna take this one last call. iPhone 19. Who is it? It's Bob. Is this me? Okay, I think it's me. Okay. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, thank you. Um 
That was powerful, Obi. Yes, we have to fire it up. Um, but I want to respond to the question in the chat that says, um, are there practical recommendations on how husbands and wives can show respect to one another? In other words, what are some of the things that spell respect in any relationship? I think it's similar to what Obi is saying. Uh, truly, not taking things, not letting things go down, um, in, you know, letting things slip. So being intentional is what I see in this, in as an answer here. Being intentional to show respect, okay? So standard ways, even simplest things like listening to one another, stopping what we're doing, just, just, just acknowledging that someone is talking to you, and responding to them you know things that spell respect to me spells respect to others so i should you know like not just even husband and wives in any relationship even in our parent children relationship since we're talking about love and respect um it's important that we basically think about practically just what is it that if I do, this person will also understand that I'm not belittling them. I'm not taking them for granted. Their words are important to me. I think that if if people, you know, those simple things make can make and break, because when when um when somebody becomes taking for granted, being waved off, not being listened to. What's important to them is not important. You know, that's that's the, the capital letter of disrespect. And it doesn't matter if they are, and even children, children know this. Because I, I, I see my my cousin's daughter, that's three. If, you know, she wants attention, she wants attention. You know, she, they know when they are disrespected and they start crying if they, if, what their, their needs are not being met or their parents are not listening to them because they are preoccupied. So I feel like in any relationship, just being able to, for me, with practical, the, the question says practical ways. So I'm recommending that we just become mindful of what spells respect. And those things that spell respect to us are also very important to other people. So that we are not just on the receiving end of this love and respect, but being—I uh, heard the Lama saying it about being, being people who are the sowers. So because because we will reap a hundredfold if we be if we pay. It's not to demand it; it's to sow it in 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 our relationship. And thank I believe you, thank, one you. thank you very much. Yeah, thank I think. Thank you. Our time is up. And so um, thank you all for contributing. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for your passion for this ministry. And uh, this is our last uh, Thursday for this, for the family month. And so this is the finale for us to speak on Thursday. So we thank you all for, for all your contributions. We thank you for sharing. And we thank you for all that you do to make this ministry 
a bigger ministry.